Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you had a successful and amazing week. Welcome to the How I Built It podcast here at the Lister Pro Studio in Tempe, Arizona. Um, we are so excited. As you can see, there is five people here. Let's go. And you guys fit pretty good. Yeah, we're comfortable. <laughs> like, th we, like, this is a whole ordeal before we got on this show. We've been here for two and a half hours. I know, I know. <laughs> we were just like trying to figure out the puzzle here. Um, but uh, we have a, it, probably one of the most meaningful, meaningful shows for all of us. Um, we're all very close friends, family, and um, and we have one of our biggest role models here today, um, Ron Knudsen, and we'll get to that in a second. We always got to give a shout out to all our sponsors. Um, first, Empire West Title, Seth Banda. If anybody's in real estate and needs a title, um, an escrow company, reach out to Seth. And then uh, secondly, we have A. Bodden from Insurance Professionals of Arizona. If you need insurance on anything, Blake has a watch on right now. If he wants to insure that watch. Should I show it? Yeah, you should show okay. the watch. Tar target. Yeah. Target. 15 bucks. 15 bucks. If you want insurance on your though. on your watch, you better reach out to Abe. And then last but not least, Platinum Home Warranty, Yvonne Hunter, who is my sister. Um, most people don't realize that a home warranty expires every year. And if your AC breaks in Arizona, which happens, it's probably happened at your house. Um, and my house, it, it happens all the time in Arizona. Make sure to have your home warranty so that's covered. Um, but And obviously the show is brought to you by me, the Augustinac team at People's Mortgage for any home loan needs, refinance or purchase. Um, I'm happy to help. Uh, message me if you have any questions. Um, it, ever since the first of the year, like it is crazy. Apparently the on and off switch has been flipped on for people wanting to purchase homes. Um, so make sure to, to reach out for me for any home loan questions. And obviously Lister Pro Studio, thank you for producing an awesome show. If anybody needs any media related um, things done for their business, uh, reach out to Lister Pros for I as our man over here. But, um, all right, so today we have some of my best friends and somebody, and, and the main guest is is like a grandfather to me. I never met any of my grandfathers, so that's where we call, we call Uncle Ron Poppy comes into play. Um, but I want to introduce Steve Wallace. How you doing? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Looking good. Has a has a new haircut just for this weekend. Just um, take it off now. Yeah. Just, just take, 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 show everybody this. Just for this. Just for this. Take, yeah. show everybody. Show, everybody show your haircut. My haircut? Yeah. It's, it's here. I know, but you got to show everybody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Blake Bozet. Yes. And Blake's been on the show before. Second time on the show. Second time. Also then, happy to be here. And then we have the... The, the individual who has the record for show appearances, fourth show, Josh Wallace. Best beard in Arizona. Best beard in Arizona, technically Oregon too. Not debatable. There's some nice beards in Oregon. Yeah. Really nice well, well, yeah. It's in a Oregon, little different in Oregon. Yeah. Oregon carries a lot of beards. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Especially towards Eugene on the outskirts. Monopoly on that market. Oregon's pretty, pretty good. For the beards, okay. And then we have the main guest with a drum roll. Ron Knudsen. So Ron is, man, I don't even know where to start. Um, Ron is, is well, we first, really quick shout out to Blake. Blake came up with the, sh the, the title today, which originally came from Ron, but um, it's called what? It's perfect for Poppy. Getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Okay, so really quick, before we start the show, where did you, why, why, where did you come up with that? Uh, just one of the many things I read. I'm an avid reader. I love to read, and so I just happened to see it, and it fit me to a T. 
because I got a big motor and I uh, get up early and I like to have fun and, and I looked around and the kids had all the fun <laughs> <laughs> and the old people sat and talked about their aches and pains and I said I'm never going to do that. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to act like a kid because the kids have the fun. Yeah, I mean, you, you crashed a golf cart, what, a couple years ago? That's a, I mean, three, three, three golf carts. He's crashed a, number a of couple times. of golf carts. He also took me skydiving at 82, okay. I believe. So I don't know how many other people can say that they went skydiving with their grandfather Several at 82. Yeah. yeah, seven times. Had a lot of fun with them. Seven, wow. So... All right. Well, let's let's rewind. We just gave everybody a little a little taste test of like what's to come in this show, um, but but I call him Uncle Ron because uh, uh, Ron's family actually grew up with with my wife's family up in Washington, mm -hmm. and I'm going to start the show with a, with my story of how I met right. Ron. <laughs> so it was 2011, and um, I had I had been playing golf at University of Nevada, and I was here for Christmas, for Christmas vacation. I was in town, and we went to Chaz Madison. Shout out to Chaz, another mm -hmm. family member who who Chaz is one of just an awesome individual. Plays drums. Um, so Chaz in 2011 was playing for the church the church or uh, concert. Or what would you call it? band? Church yeah. band. And um, me and and my, my wife's family went to the the holiday concert, mm -hmm. Christmas concert at this church in the East Valley, which is random because it's not like like you guys are are live in Scottsdale and and so we're at this concert and it's a big it's one of those big churches that's almost like a like a stadium type feel and we're up in the back like back row of this church and Chaz is down there rocking out to drums. And like 20 minutes into the show, I look down and there's this individual dancing, legs up in the air in the in the in the in the, uh, in the aisle of the church. And I'm telling you, like everybody else is sitting and you know arms are up. One little child dancing with me. There was one child, <laughs> but there is this guy in a baby blue sweater. Yeah. I'll always remember baby blue sweater just dancing to the to this music and just like kicking legs up and if, if you ever uh, catch some videos of poppy dancing he likes to throw those legs in the air he likes to do some high kicks mm -hmm. and i didn't know this at that time and and my father-in-law greg we call him gregory adventure nowadays go follow gregory adventure on instagram um <laughs> but uh my father-in-law uh, turns to me he goes oh that looks like uncle ron and I'm like, Uncle Ron, what? Who's Uncle Ron? And he starts telling me. He goes, Oh yeah, like family friends from 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 uh, from Washington and all this stuff. So after the show, we go down and and we meet Uncle Ron. And even my wife knew who Uncle Ron was. Like everybody knew who Uncle Ron was. And we go down there, and Greg comes up, and we start talking. And and somebody said to Uncle Ron, Oh yeah, Andrew plays golf for University of Nevada. And the first thing that comes out of Uncle Ron's mouth is, well, we're playing golf tomorrow. <laughs> and mind you, that that tomorrow, I didn't know what tomorrow meant, and that meant 36 holes tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to this point, but, it, and so that's the story of how I met Uncle Ron, and, and, and uh, 
and how much and we had something in common and ever since that day uh uncle ron has been like a grandfather to me because we played golf i think for that for that rest of that christmas break i think we played golf every day together when i came home um anytime we're playing golf anytime i was in town when i graduated college um, and i tried to play professional golf i'm pretty sure we played every day while you were here during the winter um and there are some days where you, you, Poppy wanted to go 54 holes, and he has more energy than all three of us combined. No doubt. True. So that's a story of, of how I met Uncle Ron was he was dancing in the hallways. I think you're in your 70s at that point. Yeah. But dancing like there was no tomorrow. And so what I want to do is I want to I rewind it. And a lot of people may know you, but, you know, as a successful businessman who's who, – but you've done other businesses and right and you and obviously like your whole family is now like your main business has been assisted living and stuff like that but like we were talking about before the show of where do you come from and and like how where did you grow up and what was what was your upbringing like well we were called the minnesota chessy cats okay and there was the arkies the okies and the minnesota gypsy cats and dr hilton put that handle he's the one that delivered me too in a two-story house so that's where we came from. And uh, we made our money. We were poor as church mice. And we lived out in the orchards, in the tented housing. We went up in the hills. We had a tent up there. We had an old drag saw. And we had an old beat up truck. And that's how we made money. We took it to uh, uh, people. And we sold slab wood. We sold cord wood. And my job was to keep the wood stacked. and. Uh, so we learned how to work. My dad was a hard worker. He had lost all of his fingers at Maplewood Academy and half of his thumb. And not once in my entire life did I ever hear my dad feel sorry for himself. And I think that taught me something. Don't talk about something that might bother you. And so I, I developed uh, from my father and my mother. My mother was a tireless worker. She had a big motor. She would get up in the morning, every morning at 4.30. And I learned that habit from her. And uh, Mind you, Ron, Uncle Ron still gets up at 4.30. Yeah, I do. 3.30. 3.30. 3.30. And everybody else in the house is, gets, is, get, is getting up Six, too. If you get up at 5.45, you're a sleepyhead. <laughs> I, uh, I really have a bad habit. I look down at people that can't get up. I, I read my Bible, and I know Jesus. Every morning, every morning, got up before daylight mm -hmm. and prayed. And so I know that I didn't have that habit when I first got married. I went out the door with my coffee cup, and I wanted to make some money. And Joyce was sitting there just as faithful, as, and uh, she would be praying for me. So if I could offer any advice, get yourself a good wife. I looked at some studies, and they said, even back 10, 20 years ago, a good wife is worth 100000 a month. Hmm. 100000 a month. And Joyce is proof of the pudding. No, she is rock solid. She's the gold standard. And uh, if it wasn't for her, I would have been in the Navy flying jets, and uh, I would have probably ruined my life. But Joyce has been the rock. She's been the and divine intervention. I've got to mention that. I mean, divine intervention. Her prayers have been answered. Prayer is powerful. 
And a lot of people come to me and they say, how'd you do it? I said, if I told you, I don't think you'd do it. But I, it, it is prayer and it's divine intervention. And it is a systematic every day, getting up every single Mary morning and having your prayer. I had one of my grandsons come to me. They had split their marriage up, two little boys, and the marriage was ruined. Three hours I listened to him. And I thought, boy, I'm gonna cut this girl out of my will. I mean, boy, anybody could be so cruel to my grandson as that. And then I went and talked to her. <laughs> and wait a minute, this thing is, uh, this is a pretty even match. And she says, I want a spirit-filled home like you and Joyce have. And I got two little boys. And, and I just, what's your advice? And so I was stumped. I really, my heart was beating. How, how do I save this marriage? And then I thought back, what has saved my marriage? Mm -hmm. So, so rewind a little bit. Yeah. And also, I don't know, now you said that, now you told, Brittany's telling me she's worth 100000 a month now. Yes, she is. <laughs> 100000 yeah. Sweetie, I, you I, are worth 100000 a month. I think it would be a year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have your yeah. clock. I look at those bank statements, you're worth it. <laughs> she is. No, she is. I, I love her. She yeah. Is, she's awesome. And, and, and Brittany, honestly, is, is the reason that, I, I mean, I gotta say, she's worth it right there because she's the reason yeah. I know we're all friends and family yeah, now. That's is, right. Is really through my wife. So yes, Brittany, you are worth a hundred thousand. I love you very much. More. Um, more. 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 I love <laughs> you more. We all love you more. Um, so okay. So when from Minnesota and growing up, Minnesota, right? Right. We. Uh, in fact, I went back to the Whitcomb Ranch, okay. and we wanted to stay there. But grandma loved me so much mm -hmm. that my mother and grandma, grandma was a very, very matriarchal, I mean, very, very smart woman, but my mother was a little spitfire too. So <laughs> we, we, she said, Jack, we're packing up and we're going back to Wenatchee because there was a church school and I was just gonna be involved in um, uh, public school. And so I went back to church school, and uh, that's how I ended up back in Wenatchee. But uh, my mother was just like my wife. And if you're ever looking for a wife, make sure you go look at the mother-in-law. <laughs> because <laughs> gee, hey, if this is a dysfunctional home, I, I would advise to pray about it, <laughs> pray pretty hard about it, you know, because I think it's probably the greatest thing I ever did. I had seven guys after Joyce, seven, and they all were more qualified than I was. But I smothered her with cleverness, with divine intervention, and a, and a, and a double cousin, Donna May, yeah. who was excellent. Wing and my mother went and bought her a beautiful, purple uh, cashmere sw sweater. And uh, so I had some help, divine intervention. I had Donna May and my mother, Bina, and that's how I got my wife. And I think uh, anybody that needs any adv advice from an old man, you better better find a good wife because, that, like I said, it's worth more than 100000 yep. a year. Amen. So 
All right, so Washington, you go back to Washington as a kid, and you you get through grade school and get through school, and then how do you start? How do you start your life? What do you start? What do you start doing? Well, uh, number one, I was very competitive. I never ever got beaten at cherry orchard in picking cherries or apples. So did you guys cherry. grow up on the orchard? We grew up in okay. the orchards, and so you, you you learn that you get what you work for. And I learned long that I am not working for the hour. I am going to work by the piece yeah. because that's the way I made the money. Mm -hmm. And uh, even out call partnering, Elmer Brody would grab you and say, you gotta go out call partnering. And so we, I would run. I mean, and I knew where the bad dogs were. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took a lot of bravery, but uh, I think that competitive spirit came about at a very young age by being poor, having uh, not a bad image, because Grandma always said we were heirs. And I said, well, what do we heirs do? Well, we're heir to God. We're, we're the children. We're the children of promise. Mm -hmm. And don't you know that Rockefeller doesn't have the kind of money God has. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good, you know. And he'd, she'd sit there and show me about that little black hand coming out of the east, you know, and the trumpets would be blowing, scare me half to death. <laughs> I love my grandma, and she was probably one of the greatest mentors I ever had in my life. And uh, she was, uh, uh, women have been very instrumental in my life. My mother, my mother-in-law, uh, Mabel, was excellent too. And Lila and Beulah and Viola and Jewel, all of them. I mean, they just were the rock solid. And I love the man, but to me, sounds like the foundation. Yeah, was the all foundation the always seemed about uh, came uh, about with my women in my life. And uh, I and I was lucky enough to get Joyce for a while. So, so that, what, what, what was the so you what like what was your did you, I know you started the picking the, the the apples you already started to figure out like what your value was or what you wanted to do so like did you did you after the working on the orchard did you go start working for somebody or did you start your own business right away? Well, I did. I graduated from Whitman College in 1957, mm -hmm. and uh, I did three years in two years. I took 22 and 23 hours every semester. Try that today, kids. Yeah, and, 20, uh, that, that, yeah. 20, 23 hours. 23 and 22, and I had to do it to graduate in 1957. I didn't have the money. I was on a scholarship, and I had to stay in the upper third to even stay. Otherwise, I immediately go into the service. So that's the first time I really had to study, and and uh, you know you had to balance the uh, where you wanted to put the emphasis. But uh, I made it through, and uh, uh, after that I went to California. I wanted to uh, go to California and make my fortune, and I went down there for two years, and I was an insurance investigator for retail credit. And uh, during that time, I had the highest protective information. And Cut that off. <laughs> Turn that completely off. <laughs> I thought we had it off. We got fans already <laughs> calling That's in. That's right. <laughs> They're trying to book him for the next show. <laughs> yeah. We got him first. Yeah. Where was I? It was in, uh, the in insurance investigator. Yeah, insurance investigator. And we would go down to the sheriff's office, and we'd, we'd get the skip lo skip locates. Mm -hmm. and, um, People I, would, like, skip town on their family or well, something? Well, they what? would. You'd find somebody from Arkansas 
would be uh, down there with a uh, little blonde bimbo and had four kids at home. And mm-hmm. so I would get this sheet and I'd tell him the sheriff would pick them up, take them back to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And all I did is dig dirt, dig dirt, dig dirt. And I just got tired of it. After two years, and we changed managers, and uh, I said, Joyce, we're packing up. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. But uh, I forgot one thing. Okay. I had a chance to teach school. And I had taken curriculum. I, got, I had enough courses where I could teach school. And I went down there, and I think they offered me like $4,000. And I said, I can make more money than that picking cherries. Why would I do that? I mean, I really, lo- I think I would have been a good school teacher. I really loved kids. But I turned that down. I, I signed a contract, and then I backed out of it. So then I went as an insurance investigator, and then we packed up, and we started home. We had uh, Lori, and we had uh, uh, Steve. And uh, I got home, and I had absolutely nothing to do. But I knew one thing. I wasn't going to work for anybody. I was going to work for old ish. And so I... Uh, what, what made you... Well, had that at that time, I always knew that piecework made a whole lot more money mm-hmm. than working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And my spirit wasn't wasn't the kind that you, you would, uh, you know, want to take a lot of orders. Mm-hmm. And I forgot. <laughs> we know one. that. We know yeah. that. And one uh, one thing I forgot, I I took the test and was ready to go into the Navy when I graduated. I was going to be a pilot. I passed every test. I was out the door, and I was headed for military courtesy through the Marines and then to Pensacola. But I had jumped off the tower, 40-foot tower, and and I had blown my left ear out, and I knew that it was perforated. Mm-hmm. Jumping in the water, right? Uh, in the water. I, yeah. just, my, I leaned over and got that ear and blew it out. So uh, just as I was going out the door, I said, hey, did you check my left ear? He says, no, I, yeah, I think so. He said, well, you better come on back in. He came back in. He got a negative, a negative. Otherwise, I would have been on my way to Pensacola to fly jets. Wow. And so uh, then they sent me back about three or four months. And Joyce had prayed about it. She didn't think it was good that I would uh, be flying jets and I'd be away from her. And, and so I decided that I wasn't going to be a jet pilot, which was a hard thing. But I did get my license in 68. <laughs> but then uh, uh, where did I go from there? You're back in Wenatchee. Yeah, I'm back in Wenatchee. And uh, my dad, there was a piece of ground out there. And I said, Dad, I can buy this. Would you help me buy this? And he said yes. Went down to an edgy uh, loan company and uh, got a twelve thousand dollar loan, wow. and uh, we built a house there. And uh, the story of this house is unbelievable. Clayton Allen, he was shrewd. He said, "Let me help you." So we had the president or almost the president of the Wenatchee Daily World wanted to buy a house but his credit was lousy and so Clayton said let me handle it so he took his house in on trade and and took this in and we made twice as much money on the first house (laughs) while the second house the third house 
Walt, um, we, I built one up there, and Clayton said, let me handle this. So we took it in, and we was like 23000 and we took this apartment house in for like 17000 sold it for 19008 The third leg of the trade, we took in 10 feeder pigs, four bull calves. <laughs> no, first we, we got a house. We got a house down there in Terminal, which is a bad part of the town. For six thousand, sold it for eighty five hundred. We took in all these pigs, ten feeder pigs, four bull calves, <laughs> a GMC, and an old pickup. I mean, an old truck. And we trade them all to uh, selling uh, for excavation for uh, the plumber. And we made ten thousand dollars on the, on the third house. So, how old are you at this point? Well, I'm two years out, and I graduated uh, probably about twenty. Uh, uh, I don't know, 18, 20 years old, and so I'm probably only 22 years old. Wow. And you're just, and, and you just get into, to buying land, which is yeah. crazy to talk. Yeah. I think like land was like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. My first twelve thousand dollar loan yeah. really got me a Honda. Yeah, that. Got, <laughs> I, I still think I had a couple of grand. After yeah, that, you know? but, but like you're, you're 20 years old, let's say, and you're, you're slinging land, trading uh, well, pigs. Yeah, for no, plumbing. you got to remember. Plumbing. You got to remember. This mm. is divine intervention. Mm. This is Clayton Allen. And Barbara Allen says, Dad loved you more than he loved me. Clayton and I loved him. You guys were honest with each other. He yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He was a dreamer. He didn't yeah. love me more than Barbara. I see. But he was a dreamer. He loved to go out in the ocean, and he loved to put deals together. Mm -hmm. And so I would listen to these stories. Wow, this, this really makes sense. When you can make four times, five times as much selling a house by doing some trading. And so that's the way I kind of got into horse trading, too. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's one of your quotes, Bobby? It's not fair in life, it's what you negotiate. It's what you negotiate. We hear that a lot on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but God bless me. And I think through it all, having a wife that prayed every day, and I really was mentored by Hilda Knudsen. She prayed for me and she would, if I, she found out I was drinking beer, she'd put my picture in the drawer and then I'd have to come over and she had a, a, a red phone right to heaven, you know, and so she'd, <laughs> she'd sit there and she'd pray for me. What do you want? Well, what's wrong? Well, I can't sell this one house. It's it's in a, not the best area, but I, would you help me? And Grandma's prayers would go up to heaven, and pretty soon I sold the house, you know. <laughs> and so I really learned that divine intervention is probably the secret to most success, and to have that worship every single morning. And then I learned something. Grandma says, are you saying your prayers during the day? I said, what do you mean? Well, I said, talk to God. You get in those, uh, you get yourself in so many of these uh, uh, box end canyons. He says, you better, you better be doing a little more praying. So I started that silent prayer, you know, and uh, God would really give me an answer to the prayer that, honest to goodness, I, I could not figure out. So if I could give any advice to anybody, it would be to remember that we are heirs to the greatest fortune. Rockefellers don't even touch the air. And God loves us. We're part of his idea. He's the one that thought to put his blessing on us, put the air into our lungs. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can just simplify the whole thing and 
learn how to be humble, which has been a real problem for me to be humble, because I've always thought I could jump higher and dive deeper and come up drier than other people. Go sideways on a wall in a golf cart. Yeah, that, that isn't necessarily true, and I've had to learn the hard knocks, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the beatings I've taken, but God has a way of making you realize that, that there is a tremendous blessing. Well, let's talk about some of the beatings because a lot of people just see you now and they don't understand, you know, what happened with your orchards in 1968. So tell us about your orchards <laughs> yeah. and how you moved on from <laughs> Wenatchee to building homes. Especially, and, and to piggyback off that, there's there's quotes that, you know, there's, and I post quotes all the time, and because failure is the stepping stone to, to success, right? Right. So, yeah, tell us tell well, us more about that. I told you a lot about how I made money quick. Yes. And uh, I'm a... Slinging uh, pigs. All right. Trading ducks. Right. And, and I'm a pretty good negotiator, Joyce. I got her out of seven guys. But anyway, <laughs> I, I started putting orchards together. I had a 1,000 acres of orchards. I had three warehouses. And I was uh, belonging to the country club. Mm-hmm. I had a brand new 67 Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And I thought... This is pretty easy. I, I just, I really felt like I was just smarter than everybody else, which it wasn't true. And all of a sudden, in 1968, we got 45 below zero. Mm-hmm. I lost 60% of my orchards. I had to take every one of my beautiful pieces of property and I sold it to Eastmont School. I sold it to every one of those things. We're down to zero in 1968-69 and I had to go out and just start building uh, and thought you were in the hole you said what well I was I was 500,000 at the Spokane Bank of Cooperatives but I did have some assets Mm. that I sold all these assets and came out with zero I mean we just had an old beat up my aunt's car that was a wreck. I mean, you could look right through the floor and see the see the pavement. Yeah. How old are you? How old are you at that point? Uh, I I don't I don't know. I, I'm kind of you know gapping and I'm but giving still back, you were back fairly, and forth. You were fairly young. Though. Yeah, and you I, had, I was, you had yeah, built this 33. little thirty three. Yeah, I was thirty three years old when I really hit the bottom, and then it took me until about nineteen. Uh, I would say seventy. 75, 76, that I, I mean, I made good money. Believe me, I went to Alaska and, and bought the farm up there. I mean, that, that was a tough. I had Jerry Wilson. I built a bank for Jerry down in uh, Clarkston, and uh, he helped me a lot get uh, bonded up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a lot of downs that I, uh, it's hard to remember those downs. You always. The thing I remember from Jerry Wilson is just the saying, it comes back the same way you got it. Because yeah. I know he, he started you out with, uh, <clears throat> or not started you out, but you know, along your path, he was uh, he was a source of some some funds to build a project or something like yeah. that. But I, I just remember that saying, you know, as a kid, you know, I've heard that story a bunch, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes back the same way you got it. Well, I Jerry was so good to me. I mean, he would, uh, he would open up this box and I mean, 
I said, how much is in that thing? Well, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000, you know. In a box? Uh, in a box. And before had, Venmo. All yeah, before Venmo. Before Venmo. No Venmo, and, free cash. Uh, he, he said, how much do you need? I said, I need about 12000 today. <laughs> and I, well, he says, remember, it comes back the same way you got it. <laughs> and I think one of our greatest disappointments, I went and built a bank, did really good on the bank, and I built it big, beautiful home on 10 acres. It was absolutely, but I couldn't finish it. I couldn't sell it because it wasn't finished. I'm sitting there telling Jerry Wilson my story, you know, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't crying or moaning or anything. I, I just, but Jerry, he threw something over us, 30,000 bucks. I said, Jerry, uh, what happens if you die? He says, you wouldn't cheat Francis out of it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I wouldn't cheat Francis out of it. And my tears come to my eyes. And uh, my Joyce, uh, she's a fighter. And I was up there doing the roof and said, Jerry wants to go play golf with you today. Uh, and so I went down the ladder and she got the broom and went after me. She was, she was really upset that, I, that she was up there with the two little girls putting on this tile roof. <laughs> and when I brought this home and I gave her $30,000, her heart just melted. She started crying. I started crying. And uh, I knew that was divine intervention. What? And, and we sold the house, made good money on the house, and that was prior to uh, the uh, 76, 77 when I built the retirement home. What, what led you, so you had that up and down with the orchard, what, like what was your motivation to, to go to the next project or step? Because a lot of people, when they, <coughs> when they hit rock bottom and they, get everything and then lose everything yeah what was like how did you get through that or what well what, do you remember like sitting there and saying like yeah i'm it, not gonna feel sorry no it, it's 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 a that is something that god puts in your heart you know i mean you can fall seven times in the bible but god mm -hmm. will pick you up and he'll set you back on the path and I lost all of my dad's money and all of my money in those orchards too. So it was a lot harder on my dad than it was on me, and because uh, he had more than I had. So uh, I I would say that your heart gets close to God when you really suffer. I mean, all of a sudden you realize that you're not as tough as you think you are. You're not as smart as you think you are. You're not as good looking as you think you are. So what you have to do is you have to humble yourself and be merciful mm -hmm. and uh, remember uh, some of the texts that, that Grandma gave me that kind of carried me through those tough, tough spots. And uh, Roderick was uh, uh, riding on top. He had a Rolls Royce. Well, explain who Ron Roderick was for people who don't know. Well, Ron Roderick was uh, a, uh, a man that went down and started, uh, he had 25 nursing homes. And I started uh, working for him I just uh, and playing racquetball with him. And, and I said, why don't you build a retirement home instead of building these nursing homes? I mean, there's too much uh, stuff in these nursing homes. And so he liked the idea. And uh, we went down there and... Uh, he got placed in Eugene, Oregon, and we built that, and he sent me down there and was built right on a spring. 
and uh, my good friend here, Stephen Wallace, Small. is doing the same thing yeah. right now. We're building, uh, I don't know how many additions we made on, but we're building 33 units yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, so that was really the start of a permanent success because I built that in 77, took it over, uh, and I built another one uh, above and built some other projects for him and ended up with uh, about 75% and then bought the other partner out. And that's been the golden goose that has really uh, kept me going. You so know. you started you started working at somebody else's facility and that's how no, you I never it. ever worked at anybody else's facility. Okay. I was a framer and okay, I framed okay. nursing homes, I framed retirement homes and I Clinics. always had my own, I, bring, I brought my crew up, yeah. Puerto Ricans up from California because I had worked on a project down there. So how did how did you go from just being the framer and I, I'm and doing yeah, to I, I was pretty heavy on management. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you to get ahead, it's pretty hard to get ahead pounding nails, and I did a little bit of that, but most of the time, mine was uh, uh, trying to put a project together, and I, that's how I finally got the project put together. Uh, was with uh, friends and watching some very successful people mm -hmm. put them together. And to be pretty in uh, engineering mind, because you're, you know, like you said, it was built on the spring. I'm having to build on that yeah. as well. Uh, lots of clay in the area. Deep clay. <coughs> it's it's he, tough. He had to put in, what, 50000 at, at yeah. back then, $50,000 yeah. of right. uh, logger rock on the, the bottom yeah, to the build Yeah, the logger rock are bigger than a basketball, or uh, and they, I had to fill, take out four feet of swamp, yeah. and then replace it with these logger rocks, and that whole thing sits on logger rocks. Because the project was stalled, you know, it was yeah. stalled and it was like a fishing. Well, I, I had the I had no fishing signs out yeah. there, and uh, I really honestly thought about just chucking it and saying there is no way this is going to work. But Joyce was praying, and uh, I'm praying, and uh, my heart is a lot closer to God than it was when I first got married. I'll tell you, and. Uh, He's put us through some real tough times, but he sure has been the answer uh, to all of our problems that where we're getting these box canyons and couldn't get our way out. So, so then you you <coughs> build and take over your first facility. Yeah. What were the up and downs with with now? You've gone from more construction background. From you started at Orchard, you go to construction. You were an in insurance uh, investigator, and now all of a sudden you're in retirement homes well it, what, how does like how how do you adjust or do you immediately take all this experience well, I, and just I, I always had the framing crews you know because I, w I framed down in california and i came all the way up so i had a really good crack crew of people that could get in and get out and that's the secret in anything you got to get in and get out mm -hmm. and uh so i would say uh, uh just having an unconditional positive regard, you know, and, and forge ahead against expert advice. My wife's, my lawyers, my accountants, everybody telling me, you can't do this. And I did it with God's help. Mm -hmm. And if it worked, I knew it was a miracle. It Give worked. us an example. Like, do you remember something back in that first facility that somebody told you you can't do that do you remember anything well I, I I know that 
I told myself that. I mean, I, I, I started believing it. I said, there is no way we're going to take. And everybody laughed at me. And in all of Eugene, Oregon, they had all kind of pretty much shut down. And I just forged ahead against expert advice and just kept smoking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got to the place where I spent 50000 that's like 500000 today, and put those logger routes in. I said, wow, boy. You know, Roderick isn't going to like this at all. And I just zipped it up and kept going. And I think that's the secret. A lot of people give up way too quick. They don't have the, uh, uh, they don't have that feeling that God is going to help us. We knew, Joyce and I knew for a fact that if this thing succeeded, it was going to succeed with a miracle. And that's what I call it, a miracle. And, and, but ever since that day, it's been, a, it's, it's been very good. Because we went on, built some other ones, and I have helped several people get in. Uh, Candy and Pete, Dave and Heidi uh, got into it. Brandon got into it. Seth got into it. And uh, uh, even Milton Mendy, I started him out with a, you know, with a, a tractor and a backhoe and a and uh, a truck, and, and, and he, he did good. He went on and was very, very successful. So uh, I would say the pattern, you, you just form a pattern of, of asking, Matthew 7, 7, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, and knock, and the door will be open to you. And it did. So I guess there was a lot of times when I was scared to death uh, that you know, I think success is is uh, more spiritual than it is uh, making money. Uh, anybody can make money. I mean, a lot of lonely people that make money, but they don't have the uh, success of having a family, having kids that look up to you, having uh, the respect from your your friends. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of nice when. You know, Josh and Stephen and Blake came along, and to be able to mentor to them and ask, you know, what do you what do you want to be in life? And Josh said, well, I'm going to be a basketball player. I said, basketball player? Who do you like? Who's that favorite guy you like? I like Vince Carter. <laughs> Vince, Vince Carter. I said, Vince Carter couldn't even wear your jock strap. <laughs> and he looked at me like I was dumber than a bucket of dirt, you know. He broke my heart at that moment. You're not going to make the NBA, but I'll tell you one thing. You get the brains, you're going to be a very, very successful man if you want to. And he has wanted to. Poppy, I got a question for you. Yeah. You know, you're 85 years old. You hear a lot of people at 85 years old, they're starting to slow down in life. They're retired. They're not doing a lot. I'm curious for you at 85 years old, you're a dreamer. You're always thinking of the next project. What's the reason behind it, and what's that motivation that's keeping you going at 85 years old to keep dreaming, keep keeping, you know, you wanting to build new projects and keeping you motivated that way? I think uh, it's the principle of the Bible, and uh, when you help somebody else, it that's really, a legacy piece. It, it's well, it, just like you. I've got, I've had plans for years for you, and uh, you know, you you went out and you become a banker, and now you're into sales, and and I've always thought from day one, 
you know, you would come back and we would build uh, memory care, specialty care, and uh, you would be down here playing golf with me. (laughs) 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 But, uh, no, and I've had it with Steve and Joshman, I think. They're living out my dream. And I just want to launch them uh, and pass out, like Jennifer would say, pass out the dessert. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, to me, that is the greatest thing that I can do. If I can some way get that dream in somebody's heart and they have enough courage to forge ahead against expert advice and uh, not let the naysayers come along and say, you can't do that, Josh. You can't do that, Steve. Don't listen to that old man. He's crazy and a pet coon, you know. But if they will just listen to God, they don't have to listen to me. But if they'll just listen to the same formula that I have, and that is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, mm-hmm. God will show you the way, and he might make it a little rocky. And boy, I have a lot of problem with his timetable. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is so Especially so when you don't get a birdie for like 36 <laughs> holes. <laughs> no, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I've had uh, five rounds in the 85s, and boy, that's that's hard. That's hard uh, to uh, stomach. And I'm going to be your partner, so you better be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and it's interesting you say that because with like your grandkids, stuff like you, the way when you say like don't listen to the naysayers. Yeah. That's something that I, I learned from you before I got into my business. Right. And that's something that I know Josh and Steve running the facility up in Oregon. Yeah. Um, I know they don't listen to the naysayers because Josh is like, I'm doing this. Like we, we talk business all the time. And Steve with his project, yeah. he's like, we're, we're building this unit. So it's, it's cool how you, how you've uh, projected that onto so many people. And it kind of going back to the beginning of your story, it kind of comes from the people who helped like you in yeah. the start. And it's cool to see you taking what the blessings that you were given to uh, give you this this boost forward with your businesses and and you doing the same and um, in how much like your motivation comes from your legacy mm-hmm. and it, it, and it's hard how does how do you think how do you think for somebody else like who looks at you and you're like how does how does he have so much energy at 85 how does he pay play 36 of yeah. the holes of golf a day uh, how does somebody find that well I think you're born with some of it, but uh, I think habits are a big part, and yeah. people can change their habits mm-hmm. and can get up early. But I think you have to get down to basics. You have to have a thankful heart. And when you have a thankful heart for the little things that God does for you, and when you have a childlike trust in God, you have an optimistic attitude, you know, give more and expect less. You know, I mean, they wanted to build a school. So Joyce and I mortgaged our house, $650,000, and we helped build that. And the floodgates just kept open. You can't outgive the Lord. You can't outgive him. Try it sometime. And he'll just pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. So to me, that would be the advice of anybody that that wants to go on. You can you can work. I mean, Ellen's got a great job and Jennifer's got a great job and and Blake has got a great job and I'm proud of them I mean they are they're well spoken and every time I think man 
I just covered. Old Bo came and worked with us for a little bit. Oh man, that was so exciting <laughs> to have Bo there. And then Heidi said, "I need him." I knew she needed him, need him bad. And then Mitchie goes to work for Candy and Pete, and and uh, she would tell me how organized Mitchie is. I thought, <laughs> wow. And I said, I wish I would have got Mitchie, you know. And so, uh, I think that is the secret. Uh, to any success, when you try to help somebody else, God just gives a blessing back to you. When you try to stingily take it all, me, 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 and everybody else's, you know, and uh, so. Uh, it's a risk to help people. And I think it's uh, kind of like, because you, you use a lot of Bible parables, and one that really got me was uh, the story of like the, the talents, you know, like the, you know, one yeah. guy gets, you know, three, or depending on what. What book you're in, but you know what? Three, two, and one. One guy yeah. buries it, and the guy who buries it, you know, ends up giving his away. I think. I think when you have a talent or you have a gift, it's important to use it. And and in this life, everybody kind of wants to live that gram life, or or make you know make sure they're showing out, and they they kind of do it just for themselves in some way. If you re really want to be uh, successful, in my opinion, I think it, you, the way that you give, and sometimes you're not guaranteed to get anything back. But I think that's that's right. A give, big way to get give more and expect nothing. And and I think when you have that in your heart, and you know that what does it say in the Bible? I own the cattle on a thousand hills. We don't know anything. And are you going to take it with you in a U-Haul? No, I don't think can't so. Can't take any of it with you. I don't think so. And uh, so it's uh, you know actually having a lot of money sometimes is a lot more headache than it really is than you realize. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, well, I've got maybe uh, a year, maybe two years left, maybe maybe more. I don't know. Uh, because I've dodged cancer for two years and ten months. And uh, that that's a big, big plus. But I, the thing I, I dream about is the people that I have mentored, Josh and Stephen, will go ahead and Seth, and Riley, and they will all do 10 times more than, than I even thought of. I look at Aaron Kelch, a good friend of mine. I used to call him the kamikaze kid. <laughs> you know, and his dad and myself uh, started building these pretty close together. Emmett might have went a little ahead of me. But uh, uh, I look at Hans Tigerson, and I mean, just smashing success. And uh, so that's what I would like to see for my grandchildren. I'd like to see them be able to pass the dessert out and help other people. I've seen them help Christian. And I thought, wow, that, that took a lot of energy and a lot of effort for my grandchildren to go out and get him married. I don't know that we did him any favors on that, but uh, it, it, did, it was a tremendous uh, effort uh, to get Christian uh, going in life. And, so that that's my secret, you know, is to help others and God helps you. Is is it cool to see because being friends with everybody and watching, you know, watching each and every one of them go into different businesses, what I think is cool, and I want to get your perspective on this, on why this is and, and, and how you feel about it is, Everybody, everybody in your family, you know, now is is almost involved with assisted living in one way, shape, or form. You know, Josh and Steve are running the the Eugene facility. Right. Um, 
uh, Blake went into banking, but now is is selling facilities as a broker. Um, uh, Bo worked at one. I don't know if Bo's back at Bo's one. Bo's still at um, one in Spokane. Riley one runs one in Spokane as well. Seth has one. Brandon has one. Mitchie's working Mitchie on one. But a lot of these people went away. You know, it's almost like it's almost like you know Blake wanted to go. See the world per se, mm-hmm. and experience something else. And now he's not necessarily back into running a facility, but he's involved in it, which is cool because you're all. A lot of you, even though some of you may not be in the exact industry, um, your brother isn't your brother selling like the the referral business for it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he's been working on that. Finding um, finding uh, people to go refer to facilities. So it's almost like everybody's found their way back to. Is Bo calling in? Do we have a caller right now? Um, <laughs> it, oh, <laughs> but it's almost like everybody has fallen, found their way back into the industry. Maybe not exactly into running the facility. Yeah. But isn't that cool to think like everybody's yeah. kind of found their way back to the bread and butter of the family? Well, it's a, it is a gift. It's a real gift. Uh, and uh, it's fun to see other people covet what we have in our relatives. And I want to give a shout out to Steve Ritter and Heidi too, because they, they've they been there for quite some time in Eugene and been very good. And then Brian, he, uh, he'd been with me for 20 some years. And Colleen and Barbara, I mean, they, they are just exceptional. And uh, I would say that when you develop your team, I mean, you look at any good dynasty Somebody had to make a choice, and if you make the right choice, it's unbelievable how it, it works. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't have that moxie or that ability to look into somebody's eyes and know this guy, I mean, when I had to go to retail credit and take this test, I had my sheepskin. He says, "You might as well put that away because it's not going to do you any good here. You got to take these tests." And uh, sheepskin's a diploma, I think, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't call it a sheepskin anymore, really. Translation. But, you know, yeah, it, well, it was, um, I was pretty proud that uh, I got out of Whitman, and it was ninth race rated school in, in the nation. And I had a valedictorian on one side, salutatorian on the other, so I felt pretty average. But uh, anyway, that. That to me is something that is very important is to when you hire somebody, pray about it. Ask for divine intervention. Does this person, is he going to uh, have the biceps to do the yeah, job? Yeah, right. Does he really have what it takes to go through the tough times? And believe me, Josh has went through the tough times with me. And uh, Stephen is uh, going through a tough time building this retirement home. And uh, I know there's other people would hire him in a, in a New York Minute. And uh, so I think that is the tremendous blessing when you need to be needed. I think the greatest thing that I saw <clears throat> as people grew old, the need to be needed, to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Actually, somebody actually listened to you. Yeah. Uh, at my age, most of the time, 
people are pretty well tuned out and you know they're retired but I want to come sliding in and say man that was a whale of a ride you know sliding <laughs> in and, and sliding uh, in the home plate yeah and saying that was that was fun I mean I really enjoy it I really enjoy going up there to Eugene and seeing the progress and I can't hardly wait to see the next picture that Steven sends me so uh, it's exciting to be a dreamer and to believe that God will bless you and that the only way you're going to succeed is if God d does bless you. If he doesn't bless you, you're going to fall on your face like I did in the orchards and take a tremendous loss and end up with $500,000 worth of debt to pay off. So uh, I think uh, getting a good team around you and having the moxie to be able to know this guy is going to be good for whatever I do. He's going to be. He's going to have my back, and uh, not quit and run when the going gets tough. Because it's going to get tough. Whatever you do, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, marriage is tough too. I mean, you come from two different backgrounds. I'm a wild, crazy dreamer. Joyce is a very conservative, very happy just to have the oldest. Carla just makes it back and forth. And I want a hot rod, I want an airplane, I want all <laughs> kinds of things. And Joyce is saying, wait, wait a minute, horses, we've had enough of these horses, Ron. Sell the horses <laughs> and get rid of them. And I love my horses, and I lose money hand over fist on these horses. But, you know, proud, so, proud. Solomon had 13,000 horses, so I don't even compare to him. Yeah. yeah. You trying to compete with him? No, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I sure didn't want to compete in the wife deal. I was gonna say yeah. That, that was a fiasco and and he was the wisest man in the Bible so I think that's that's your goal is to really pray about whoever you hire and whoever you marry you know I think that's that's something you better think pretty hard I set Steve Wallace down and I said Steve you better focus and Stephen looked me in the eye and, and this went on for quite some time and I, every morning I'd, I'd say you gotta focus I said, you're getting along the tooth. Twenty-five. You're a little bit old there. Come on now. But he he was uh, he was kind of take him and leave him and and uh, yeah, he he had some some awful nice girls. So I, I I'm really proud of him and and we're praying hard for Joshua. He is. Uh, He's had a little different one, but he's going to get something better than any of us when he does get somebody. She's going to be special, and God's going to bless him. Amen. So, so now, you know, you've 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 gone through the ups and downs. You've experienced life. Um, you you have these facilities. Your family's involved in the facilities. Um, and now, like, how do you, well, my first question would be, did you ever once almost want to stop doing the, the retirement facilities? I never did. I, I saw Roderick, uh, you know, become, I, I saw Emmett Kelch. I saw uh, that it was something that an Adventist could do and, and I guess work on the Sabbath, you know, take care of the old Americans. Mm. And uh, I I never ever lost my dream, and uh, my other dream, just as big, is to have a a big farm out in Montana. You know, I never quite reached that dream. That you know, where you could fly in and have cattle and horses, and that was. Uh, hey, it's all. never too late, right? You no, can keep right. dreaming. I mean, I'm still working on it. I gotta 
uh, farm in Texas, and uh, and so it's it's hard to balance out uh, two different personalities. I mean, you have a personality of very very close to the chest. Don't take any chances. Uh, and and I, I never lived like that. I just, it's hard for me to rearrange my uh, DNA to be that kind of person that I can go out like Joyce and just, just keep going, keep going, doing the same thing, running retirement. I can't run one of these retirement homes. Yeah, I'm too impatient. And everybody has a niche that that helps them. And my niche is, is is dreaming a dream and praying about it and asking God for his blessing and then watching it. Uh, I can't really wait to get back up and see that new project that Steve has. He got it under cover. It was divine intervention. A lot of praying for the rain. That right. And the, we beat the rain out by like a couple hours. Like two hours <laughs> is right. And uh, so that was a tremendous blessing. I think it's just the world opens up when you have God in your side, when, when you have divine intervention and, and you know that, that, that God is, this is his money anyway. And hopefully I'm smart enough to hand it out in a way that God will be pleased. And that, that, is, that is something that you wanna reward the people that work with you. And so Barbara, bless her heart, has never ever criticized me or she, I, I'll Stopped say. Stop you from buying a horse? No, <laughs> no, I mean, just like I called her up and I said, Barbara, I need 700,000 to buy the neighbor's house. It's a good deal. And she said, we got it. She said, where did I send it? You know, I mean, she's never said, Ron, now knock it off, would you? We've got five houses already. You don't need another one. <laughs> so it's, it isn't mine anyway. It's God's, and hopefully it'll increase in value and that we can uh, pass out the dessert to somebody. In Rwanda, we've got like 30 uh, kids over there that come from the Tutsi tribe, and their parents are, or have been killed, and they don't even know their birthdays, some of them. Mm -hmm. And Hans and Mindy have got Project Hope, and uh, he's got 600 kids. The United Nations liked this program so good because after they get out of high school, they need a trade school, and they started a trade school. And uh, so they spent a lot of time, and a lot of the blessing has come because they love the Rwandans. And uh, it's I think that is something that has really helped me is is not being afraid to hand it out and give it back. What what's so now you you've you've had these facilities you've 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 dreamed different dreams and they've come to fruition and now you when you come down here in the winter mm -hmm. play golf almost every day. Yeah. And and you go skydiving with these guys, <laughs> yeah. and you fly up to Alaska and enjoy life and fish and get away from it. Like, mm -hmm. how do? What's your philosophy on life now, looking back, and and how you live every single day now? Like, what's well, what's your thoughts about? If it? I could give you some advice, I would tell you that Jesus got up early every single morning. And believe me, he had the whole army of Satan trying to whack him and knock him off his still. So first thing I would do is 
try as hard as I could to develop a relationship with God and ask God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And when you do that, you're going to run up some rabbit trails that are going to knock you back down and, and explode right in your face. But I think that's the premise that most of us should start. And at 85 years old, I, I, I just like a little kid. I don't want to try and be something that I'm not. I want to be something that, that the angels in heaven and God can say, smile. I'd like to just put a smile in God's face. Something I did, you know, something that, that I could really know that God appreciated. And it maybe it might be selling all my horses and giving it to, to the school or giving it to the ones. I don't know where it's going to be. And uh, I think we all suffer a little bit from selfishness. We, we always think, me, 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 look what I did. Huh? You didn't do anything, buddy your wife prayers and your prayers is, is what God has given you. But what about the 10 talents? I mean, the, the five, three, and the one, uh, the master was very, he, he was very upset with the one guy that just, and so to me, that has kind of been the basis of, of my ability to make money is that God put it in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, if you don't selfishly keep it for yourself, if you can pass it back out and you can help other people, I think when you pass out the dessert, that's where you will feel the greatest joy. And I guess in my last few years, just seeing Joshua succeed, Stephen succeed, Riley succeed, and Blake succeed too, and uh, uh, Seth and, and Riley, it just, Jennifer and uh, Elliot. I mean, it's nice to see them. I mean, uh, Elliot's working on a, what is it? What's the name of that program? Superstore. Superstore. Storefront, yeah. Superstore. And uh, Superstore, and she is an art director. And I used to have all of her grades, and she only had one B in the whole thing. Thanks, Sule. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elliot, for setting the standard, right? The gold standard. And, uh, uh, but it, it's just nice to see my grandchildren. I hope and pray that my grandchildren can stay together, but they can adopt some of the love that God has for them, have that same love back toward Christian, have that same love back for, uh, you know, for their, uh, who do you know right now uh, that, Stephen, that you really help, and I really appreciate him coming up and laying on the Davenport and telling me his trials, and you helping him get in the car. It's my buddy, my and, buddy Carlos. Uh, He's going I, through some stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And I called Joshua, my Huckleberry. Joey says, "Quit calling him. He doesn't want to hear all." I said, "Well, it's sure a lot easier than me stumbling around here trying to figure it out, you know." <laughs> and and uh, he immediately has an answer, and uh, so. You know, you lean on these kids and you realize that they have potential that I never was given. But I was given the dreamer's mold, you know, and that, that stuck with me through all these years. And, and I think your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and we were, we're taking care of the great-grandchildren now. Uh, Brandon's children, I think he's got three of them over there in uh, Palisades School. Three? Three, yeah. Yeah. 
And it's really fun to see these kids do good. We went and went to one of their little programs and and uh, special. What's <coughs> so as we start to get to the point where we have a tea time in hour uh, we gotta get to the course <laughs> too. Um, what's one quick story from each of you that you'll that that always sticks out with you with you and Poppy? I'll start that one off. My uh, my story that just has had such a large impact on my life and my brother's life was the time that we spent up in Alaska with Poppy. And specifically, I think we were day two, and we decided that we were going to take a trip around Mount McKinley and fly around. Okay. And uh, so we're starting the, the trek up to the top, and we're starting to gain elevation and gain elevation. And I noticed the higher we're getting, the lower Bo's kind of sinking in his seat. <laughs> and he's just kind of getting lower and lower. And finally we get to the point, I mean, it's we're flying around Mount McKinley. It is absolutely beautiful up there. Blue skies, we're seeing the sun shine off the glacier. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it finally hits Bo, where he's white in the face, and he goes, Poppy, do you have a bag? <laughs> Poppy, do you have a bag? <laughs> And uh, sure enough, we they had these blue bags that Bo and I wore out over this trip. But uh, I don't know why, but that was Poppy and I. I've never laughed I, that I, in my life. Tell me what Poppy was doing at the time. Poppy nice film, flipped idiot. around his video uh, on the <laughs> iPad, and all you can see is... <laughs> <laughs> and Bo was such a good sport about it because the rest of that trip... I mean, we were just so appreciative to be in Alaska, right? We would throw up. And then literally start smiling at each other. <laughs> and we probably threw up 10 different times on the trip, but it was just an incredible experience to go up to Alaska and catch silvers that were, you know, running at that time. And we, we caught our limit, I think, every day. Mm. Met some amazing people, spent quality time with Poppy, had morning worships every day. And th that trip will always just hold a very special place in my heart and specifically that instance of us flying around Mount McKinley yeah. is one that I remember really well and probably the hardest I've laughed. So sorry, Bo, that we were laughing at your expense. But it's on video, right? It's on video oh. somewhere, yes. We can absolutely pull it up. I mean, who would have thought the one person to bring out when somebody is just throwing up in a plane, <laughs> it's, it's Poppy bringing out the camera. It's like, oh, we got to get this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, it was, it was a going. funny. I can't. It just hit us like a bolt of thunder. I mean, I I never laughed that hard, and the la harder I laughed, the harder Blake laughed. I had three chins going. I mean, I was I, I know rolling. It. My I was sweating because I was laughing so hard, <laughs> and bless Bo's heart because the next day I did it, and instead of laughing, he was just rubbing my back. <laughs> so it's, it speaks to it speaks to Bo's heart, and my mom and I have a, a thing where we sometimes laugh at other people's expense if they like stub their toe or yeah. get hurt or something like that. So that was definitely one of those instances. <laughs> All right, Josh, Steve, story. Oh boy, board. And there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot yeah, of stories. Yeah, one. One quick one. Oh, man. Quick Just to one. show everybody how, how much of a dreamer and adventurer Poppy is. Oh, I think when I was 11, 11 we went to Texas. It was Seth, myself, Poppy. And I remember Poppy got tired, and he goes, well, a little backstory. We, he's, he had us driving ever since we were little kids. So I think when we would, when all the grandkids would go to the ranch, we, he just gives the keys to the car and you just drive around. So actually, 
there's there's some experience there but i'm 11 and he's like i'm tired you drive he's like keep it at 65 and he puts a cowboy hat and sunglasses on me and i'm i'm driving and i you know at 11 11 you like sure 11 i'm not joking that's crazy and he throws a cowboy hat on you he just throws a cowboy hat and he's just like i'm going to and then the worst part was like so i'm like sitting there you know 10 and 2 and i look over and he's sleeping <laughs> And I'm, that's, I mean, so, but I mean, like, you know, he, he gave us those, those kind of responsibilities wasn't something new for him. I mean, like when we were kids, he just, he'd he'd give you jobs. I remember we, we go on these, um, he takes on these trips up to the top of the lake. And one time the storm was just Mm -hmm. incredible. I mean, high waves coming over the top of the boat and like we, we, we pass a boat that's capsized sinking. And like, he immediately tells every single one of us what our jobs are. He's like, Hey, you're, you're responsible for this one. You're responsible. Steve, you're responsible for Blake. Josh, you take Mitch. I got Brock, you you know, you just go through the list. And so like those type of things, and we made it through and and it was, uh, crazy really fun adventure but uh he's always given responsibility to us when we were little kids and um i think that's carried through and it's something i've really appreciated too because when you get older when you get you know driving has always been part of our our deal you know driving long trips horse trips or whatever but when you've been driving since you're like eight years old it's just it's just another day on the road okay with a cowboy hat (laughs) sunglasses all right josh last story and then we're gonna wrap it up all right, so, I mean, like Steve, I've had a lot of experiences with Poppy. Um, almost the identical story, going to Canada with a cowboy hat and Poppy going to sleep when you're extremely underage and driving. But, um, it happened on a plane, too. <laughs> just, just, yeah, he's done that on plane trips, too. I hope your mom's not listening. <laughs> um, but I think the, the one that sticks with me the most and just shows, like, Poppy's grit is um, was a story from... 2011 um, we were golfing at a course up in northern Scottsdale I won't mention it um, but um, Poppy has always tried to get my goat um, Steve was always the more adventuresome one with Poppy on the four-wheelers and sitting on the front and didn't matter what Poppy was doing he'd whip it around and Steve like go for more and I'm more of a control freak now I will scare Poppy if I'm driving <laughs> but if he's driving he scares me we have both a, like a mutual privilege with that um and so we're golfing up at this one place in northern scottsdale and we're making the turn and um we go under this tunnel and you can see someone had driven a cart up on one side of the tunnel and so i was like hey poppy look someone drove the cart up there we should do it and he's like eh, he just keeps driving and so i forget all about it and it's like all of 300 feet later we come across the other side and Poppy just jets up the side of this bank. It's a lot steeper on this side. The other <laughs> side was like a mild, maybe 30 degree angle. This is like track. yeah, 50 yeah. degree angle, almost like entire straight up. And <laughs> the golf cart flips. I go flying on top of Poppy. <laughs> Poppy's shoulder gets caught underneath the golf cart. We have golf balls rolling down the hill, <laughs> sands all in our faces. And luckily I was strong enough to push the golf cart up so we could get out of it. And then we got up, flipped the golf cart, and uh, grabbed all our balls and kept playing. Well, Poppy skinned up his entire arm. He's bleeding profusely at one point. We found some tape that we used for our fingers and taped his arm up around his shirt. He wants to keep playing. 
yeah. <laughs> we finished the entire round. Turns out he pulled his shoulder out of socket. Like had to have surgery on it later. But yeah, I mean, finished the round. Finished the round, which was incredible to me because I honestly, at that point, just looking at him, I was like, okay, we're done. You know, let's go home. You know, this is this is done for. But that's the type of grit that Poppy's lived his life with. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. If he knows what he wants to do and he can do it, he's going to keep doing it. And that's, like, the life story for me is, like, you want to have that kind of grit, that kind of determination to get through the struggles in life, whether it be in business or in personal relationships or, you know, just on a golf course where you flip your golf cart, you know? Whatever it may be, have that kind of grit that makes you push forward and makes you keep going when the situation looks tough. I got to give you my favorite, um, favorite verse in the Bible. Okay, give it to me. It's Philippians four, four to eight. Rejoice! Don't worry about anything, and don't forget to, to say, say thank, thank you, you to God, because He is. And then uh, over in John fourteen one two three, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Believe me, and I. I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you're going to be also. I love that. And and read in my read my Happy Sabbath message this week. It kind of tells a little bit about we are heirs, heirs to a fortune way bigger than Rockefellers ever thought of. We are the mm -hmm. promised people. Yeah. Well, love it, guys. I think it's time to get to the golf course. We got to pick up Bo at the airport. Sorry, Bo. Bo, sorry for the delay. There's a good reason for it. Um, guys, this is fun. I think next year we do it again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. We'll take more, tell, tell more stories. Um, man, I don't like that was that's the best way to end it. I think with yeah. with with mm -hmm. Poppy's quote. So, um, thank you everybody for watching. Um, we have the RLK second annual classic this Sunday. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Greyhawk. It's a twelve person scramble. We're probably the best prizes that any scramble has ever had. Joshua yes. Joshua won it with Darren and uh, Desi and Mitch and Mitch. Last and year. Mitch. Last year. Yeah. So we gotta break up that team because it's only right that on his eighty fifth <laughs> birthday and <laughs> the second annual RLK <laughs> classic that Poppy wins it. Well, we're, I'm Wonder not what really team I'm on. Victory. I'm not really worried about it. But guys, uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's gonna be a fun day, fun weekend. Thank you for everybody for watching. Um, if you have any any comments or anything like that, comment below. Or if you have a story comment below about your story with Poppy. That'd be great. Um, because there's, there's a million out there, and it's easy to forget them all when you live such an adventurous life. Um, so if you have any stories uh, with Uncle Ron, please comment below awesome. or message us with the stories. Um, have a great weekend. Thank you, Lister Post Studio. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll catch Amen. you next week.